Luke chapter 22, verse 14, through chapter 23, verse 56. It's one of the longest gospel readings of any Sunday morning throughout the year, and um, it's an important way to remember Passion Week, is to read what Christ allowed to happen to him. So you get your decision, you can follow along in your Bibles, it's on page 857, or you can simply listen. When the hour came, he took his place at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And then he took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is a new covenant in my blood. But see, the one who betrays me is with me, and his hand is on the table. For the Son of Man is going as it has been determined, but woe to that one by whom he is betrayed. Then they began to ask one another which of them it could be who would do this. And a dispute also rose among them as to which one of them was to be regarded as the greatest. But he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors, but not so with you. Rather, the greatest among you must become like the youngest, and the leader like one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? But I am among you as one who serves." You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you, just as my Father has conferred on me, a kingdom, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, listen. Satan has demanded to sift all of you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your own faith may not fail, and you, when once you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the cock will not crow this day until you have denied three times that you know me. And so he said to them, when I sent you out without a purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? And they said, no, not not a thing. And he said to them, but now the one who has a purse must take it, and likewise a bag. And also one who has no sword must sell his cloak, and he must buy one. For I tell you, the scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was counted among the lawless, and indeed what is written about me is being fulfilled. And they said, Lord, look, here are two swords. And he replied, it is enough. He came out and went, as it was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he reached the place, he said to them, Well, pray that you may not come into the time of trial. 
Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. And in his anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping because of grief. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. And while he was still speaking, suddenly a crowd came, and the one called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus said to him, Judas, is it with a kiss that you are betraying the Son of Man? When those who were around him saw what was coming, they asked, Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And then one of them struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, no more of this. And he touched his ear and he healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the offers of the temple police and the elders who had come for him, have you come out with swords and clubs as if I were a bandit? When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him to the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. When they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And then a servant girl, seeing him in the firelight, stared at him and said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I I do not know him. And a little later, someone else on seeing him said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then about an hour later, another kept insisting, surely this man was also with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you are talking about. And at that moment, while he was still speaking, the cock crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now the men who were holding Jesus began to mock him and beat him, and they also blindfolded him and kept asking him, prophesy for us, who is it that struck you? And they kept heaping many other insults on him. When day came, the assembly of the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the scribes, they gathered together, and they brought him to their council, and they said, if you are the Messiah, tell us. He replied, if I tell you, you will not believe, and if I question you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. All of them asked, are you then the Son of God? He said to them, well, you say that I am. And then they said, what further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. Then the assembly rose as a body and brought Jesus before Pilate. They began to accuse him, saying, We found this man perverting our nation, forbidding us to pay taxes to the emperor, and saying that he himself is the Messiah, a king. Then Pilate asked him, Well, are you the king of the Jews? And he answered, Well, you say so. And then Pilate said to the chief priests in the crowds, I find no basis for an accusation against this man. 
But they were insistent, and they said, Well, he stirs up the people by teaching throughout all Judea, from Galilee, where he began, even to this place. And when Pilate heard this, he asked whether this man was a Galilean. And when he learned that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him off to Herod, who was himself in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had been wanting to see him for a long time, because he'd heard about him, and was hoping to see him perform some sign. He questioned him at some length, but Jesus gave him no answer. And the chief priests and the scribes stood by, vehemently accusing him. Even Herod, with his soldiers, treated him with contempt and mocked him. Then he put an elegant robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. That same day, Herod and Pilate became friends with each other. And before this, they had been enemies. Pilate then called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people. And he said to them, You brought me this man as one who is perverting the people. And here I have examined him in your presence and have not found this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. Indeed, he has done nothing to deserve death. I will therefore have him flogged and release him. Then they all shouted together, Away with this fellow, release Barabbas for us. This was the man who had been put in prison for an insurrection that had taken place in the city and for murder. And Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify, crucify him. And a third time he said to them, Why? What evil has he done? I have found in him no ground for this sentence of death. I will therefore have him flogged and then release him. But they kept urgently demanding with loud shouts that he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate gave his verdict that their demand should be granted. He released the man they asked for, the one who had been put in prison for insurrection and murder, and he handed Jesus over as they wished. As they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, And they laid the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A great number of the people followed him, and among them were women who were beating their breasts and wailing for him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are surely coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do this when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others also, who were criminals, were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? 
And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. While the sun's light failed, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God and said, Certainly, this man was innocent. And when all the crowds who had gathered there for the spectacle saw what had taken place, they returned home, beating their breasts. But all his acquaintances, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, they, should, they stood at a distance watching these things. Now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph, who, although he was a member of the council, had not agreed to their plan and action. He came from the Jewish town of Arimathea, and he was waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And then he took it down, he wrapped it in a linen cloth, and laid it in a rock-hewn tomb where no one had ever been laid. It was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed, and they saw the tomb and how his body was laid. And then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. And on the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. The word of the Lord. It seemed a little out of place when I got to the end of the reading and I saw. And on the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. I found myself questioning that, asking, why, why is the Sabbath the end to this story? And I don't know if it's the right answer, but my answer, what I, what I have come to this last week, is that the Sabbath is a way of fighting against the way the world tells us things should be ordered. The harder you work, the more productive you are, the more you get done, the more you have, the more things you collect, the more people you are lording your stuff over, the better off you are and the more prestige you've gathered. And yet then on the Sabbath, we're supposed to rest, we're supposed to pray, we're supposed to listen to God. And so we come to church on a day of rest. It's not easy to keep your Sunday mornings free. It's not easy to tell your boss, no, I can't work, find someone else. It's not easy to make the time when you have a new mailbox to set in the front yard that you have spent four months not getting to. You've got other things you could do that are, are maybe good things, and you could maybe talk yourself into, well, maybe if I just did a little more, maybe those good things would kind of, maybe, maybe that's better for today. 
But I think the Sabbath goes deeper than that. I think the Sabbath is a celebration of the world turned upside down the way it was supposed to be. We weren't supposed to toil and sweat just to get the food to put on the table. That's not how God made the world. God planted a garden and said, you can eat anything I've planted. I've made it for you. It's only when we rebelled that work became a burden. And so we celebrate Sabbath to remember what the garden was intended to be, what our world was intended to be. We celebrate the Sabbath because it's a day when the stuff that you thought you had to do is forgiven for a time. The mailbox can wait. Catching up and balancing your checkbook, maybe we can do that tomorrow. Today, we rest. Because everybody expected Jesus to create a kingdom. They expected him to expel Rome. They expected him to overthrow Pilate and Herod and install a religious, true Jew as a leader. Maybe he would even be that leader. The Messiah was supposed to drive out the oppressor, to drive out those who are keeping us from doing what God wanted us to do. It was supposed to set up an earthly kingdom made in God's image. And instead he died. Because that act of love and self-sacrifice was deeper and more powerful than any earthly kingdom could have been. And so on the Sabbath we rest. Every once in a while I have to answer the question for someone why do I go to church? Why bother? Why, why? I'm starting to feel like sleep on Sunday morning might be a good second option. <laughs> I almost didn't make it this morning because my girls are sick and I had to wake them up to come here and that was kind of traumatic for everyone involved. I get it. But there's something about our celebration of Sabbath and sacrament. You just can't get it anywhere else. This is, this is it. This is where that happens. When we all come together and we do this together. I can't do that alone in my house. <laughs> I can't just have some bread and some juice and I can't say the words and have communion by myself. It just doesn't work. It's not the way it was meant to be. It's something we do together. If you've ever heard anyone say, you are the church, they're right. But the you is plural. I am not the church. You individually are not the church. We are the church. And that's why we come. That's why we Sabbath. 
It's something to remind us how everything, when it seems flipped upside down, it reminds us that's how it was actually meant to be in the first place. When the leaders become servants, when the kings are killed, and when the hardworking decide to rest, it's the way it was meant to be. And so as we come to this table, we remember, as we do each week, the sacrifice that Christ made. But maybe this week, even a little more than most, we we pay attention to the cost associated with setting the table. This is the body of Christ. This is the blood of Christ. So as we say these familiar words for the 50 or so time this last, this last year, let us remember what it cost to bring us to this table this morning. <laughs>